This episode is brought to you by Push Messaging God's Urban Airship. They can be found at urbanairship.com and by ThinkNear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This, my friends, is episode number 219. Now we're recording this live Friday afternoon. That's January 30th, 2015. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And always with me for one... For for 219 consecutive episodes, Asif, did you like my introduction last time with the Lord of the? <laughs> yeah, I did. It was good. It was good. Oh, I have fun Thank with you, this. Rob. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is Asif Khan from the Location Based Marketing Association. Uh, always a pleasure to do this with uh, with Rob. Uh, even it's amazing. when I do that to you, there. Yeah, the even the even when you do that to me, <laughs> yeah, you embarrass me and do all that. But it's all good. It's all good. It's all in, in, in good fun and uh, fellowship. So I love it. I have the last wait. Like, I mean, because I do all the editing, it's like I can I can put out whatever I need in there. Next time, it'll be like a Springsteen soundtrack the yeah, whole time. See, see, I get to choose all the stories, but the, at the end of the day, we know Rob gets to have all the fun with it's the uh, so deciding what, it, what's, what ends up in there. So there you go. I love it. You know, I edit myself so much, and then I, I, I throw in all that stuff around, uh, you know, a couple of extra videos like that. So if you don't watch the video, you don't really capture the essence of what's going on. So every once in a while, I'd tune into it. If you hear something weird, it probably is. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Asif Man, what are you doing in Toronto still? Well, I just got here. I was I was in uh, New, Orleans, New Orleans, hanging out, uh, doing some some uh, some meetings and stuff this week, um, uh, which is always good. Got to uh, uh, check out a few of the uh, Ralph Brennan restaurants. Uh, one of my favorite food towns of all time, uh, and I like working with those guys, the the Brennan uh, the Brennan clan, uh, the family. They own, I think they own like they must own fifty percent of the restaurants in in that city. So, anyhow, uh, it's always good food and good times. Um, and then um, home home for a couple of days here, and you know what? Like I've been I've been so fortunate, Rob, because you know the you week before every storm, I was in Austin with you, which was nice and warm. Yeah. Then uh, I went straight from there to L.A., which was nice and warm. Then obviously earlier this week I was in New Orleans, which was also pretty warm. Uh, all you know, all these places were, were wonderfully sunny. I didn't see any rain at all. And then I come home. And the next day, you know, what do I get is, and by the way, it was green, green, green in Toronto when I landed. Like not, like we just haven't had any snow. Like like you could see my lawn. And then uh, the next morning I wake up and the snow is just pounding down. Yes. And this is like the first big snowfall we've had in Toronto for a while. So, it's, and it, which isn't a lot. I mean, we're talking like four centimeters, but it's, it's cold and it's not going away because it's super cold right now. And all I can think is, is like this is this is like uh, like they're preparing me for for my travels next week now, right? Because uh, you know I've been so used to the warm, and now I'm going to the cold. So what's coming up is your question. Long way to get to that, which is uh, I, Monday. I head off to England to London uh, for an event that we're doing on on the Wednesday, actually on the fourth of February uh, on uh, Beacons. Uh, we've got some great speakers lined up for that. Catherine Townsend from Barclays Bank, Jonathan Berlin that we've talked, uh, who was a guest here a few weeks ago from Economy, the yep. company that's putting beacons in mannequins. Uh, Rami Alanko from Beamray, one of the uh, interesting new startups in the space. Uh, so it's it's going to be it's going to be a wonderful time, and all hosted by uh, AMV BBDO uh, and Gregory Rokins, uh, his agency group over there. So we're looking forward to that. That's February the fourth in the evening in London. Then fifth and sixth, I head over to Munich to hang out with. Uh, Karsten and his team over uh, over there for the Loka conference. This is two days of all things location, uh, and and in particular the European perspective on what's going on in that space uh, happening in Munich. And then uh, over the weekend, where we'll be recording the next show, the the, the next uh, episode here, episode two twenty, I'll be in Stockholm uh, for uh, the ninth, which is the Monday uh, where we kick off the new chapter for the LBMA in Stockholm. Super excited about that! Some great speakers coming coming online for that now, uh, and uh, looks like we're going to get a good crowd out. And all of that thanks to the Canadian Embassy. These people, the Canadian Embassy, 
can't say enough good things about them because when we go to new markets like Stockholm or like when we went to Australia, they're right there to support us as a Canadian company or Canadian-based organization moving into markets, you know, helping us connect. Love those guys. There you go. That's what you're doing. Fourth in London, fifth, sixth in Munich, ninth in, in Sweden. That's where you want to be. And all of that can be found on our website, thelbma.com forward slash events. So don't bother going to the untether.tv events because I can tell you what I'm doing. Um, I'm taking my kids swimming, um, which is around the corner, uh, and I'm probably going to do some groceries. Mm -hmm. uh, I might make it to the gym a couple of times, and uh, the rest of the time I'm going to be right here. Yeah, but you see, here's the difference, Rob. Here's the difference. While you know you're saying that as if it's just not as exciting, <laughs> at the end of the day, Rob. Yes. You know, you're going to the gym. Yes. I'm not. True. Right? You're eating well. I'm not. True. You know, so look at you and look at me. I mean, come on. That's all we got to say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. So see if well, uh, you know, every once in a while it'd be nice to get out of the basement. Yeah. Just putting it out there. So nice. all right. Okay. I know you, you've been very helpful for me getting out of the basement. You pulled me out of my shell. I, I know. Try, I'm trying was, to get you to come to South by Southwest. Oh, I know. You know, yeah. it's a good thing my wife doesn't listen to this podcast because I'm like, come on, I need to go. Yeah. All right. We know who wears All pants right. in that relationship. Um, we got a big show. We do. We have uh, our usual bevy of fine, fine, fine content that has assimilated from around the interwebs. And around the world, we have a, 10 stories, of course. We're going to do one deep dive into one of those stories. Big trend that is happening, and Facebook is right in the middle of it, so we're going to be talking about that. And I think that it'll bring in a bunch of other stuff that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks around Snapchat and location, mm -hmm. of course, and beacons and all that stuff all into one story. Got a great guest. Uh, it's been a long time since we've heard from this guy. Uh, his name is Adarsh Palian. He is actually the uh, CEO and the co-founder of a new company called Tripio. Uh, you might remember him from four or five years ago. He started a company called Geotoco that was acquired by Hootsuite back when Hootsuite was a 30-person startup. And he has since e exited from Hootsuite and started a company called Tripio. And he's going to be talking to us about location uh, and the uh, context to collect and collate expenses for business travel. It might sound boring, but trust me, it's, it's not, not at all. It's very And cool. he's a good Vancouver boy. He is. He's a Canadian boy. And yeah. that's why we love to support the Canadian boys. So uh, we'll be talking to uh, Adarsh later on in the show. And that's it. Uh, no resource. We've got to cruise through these top 10 stories because they are so plentiful. And I think we should, uh, what do you say? What do you think? We should kick this off? you have anything yep. else to do say? It. No. Nothing else to say? Nothing, Nothing. No, no talk about your Leafs or anything like that? Uh, we're past that? Uh, I, I'm so tired of, of them losing now. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Okay. I'm just, I'm just now checking. Now I'm just hoping that it keeps going and we get a good draft picked. And yeah, we'll be there. Time to blow that mofo up. Mm. Right there. Yeah, <laughs> gonna curb the swearing, so I'm just gonna use mofo. Because that's Speaking of which, one of the restaurants I came I came across in New Orleans of yes. all places was this new Vietnamese place uh, in New Orleans Good. called Mofo, and it's M O P H O. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like morpho. Yeah. I like it. Morpho. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, mofo. All right, let's jump into the top ten stories. I get to kick it off today, right now. Not so fast. Before we get to those 10 stories, we need to get paid. So here is a message from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you in part by ThinkNear. Here's Lauren Hilberg, president and GM of ThinkNear by Telnav to remind us what they do. ThinkNear is a location-based advertising network. We provide our clients and customers a great opportunity to get their advertising directly to the individuals who are most likely to act on it. Part of the beauty of what Thinknear does is to help use location to find your audience and then put the right message in front of them at the right time, at the right place. I know what you're asking, will this work for me? Brett Cohn, VP of Marketing at Thinknear has that covered. Every mobile campaign has the ability to leverage location to do a better job of reaching your audience. Thinknear worked with a large CPG company that has a health-focused cereal brand to help pinpoint their audience by city and then by neighborhood. Brett again on how that was set up. People who might be visiting Tahoe to ski in some of our ads in the, in the Northern California area. Southern California, we talked about um, King Can King's Canyon and other outdoor uh, adventure areas near that locality. And what you start to see is you're hitting a, a specific neighborhood that fits your audience. You're contextualizing the ad creative to make it more relevant to the user. And you start to see higher click rates as well as higher secondary action rates because the ad's more relevant in hitting their audience. Think near, keeping you fit one ad at a time. And now, back to the show. I get to kick it off today, right now. 
All right, our first story is from Samsung. Uh, you know, that company that uh, has been taking, I think, a beating from these latest numbers around smartphones. Like, Apple just absolutely killed it this quarter. You know that by now. 77 million iPhones sold. Um, and total domination when it comes to mobile payments. But it has not deterred Samsung from actually deciding to launch if you believe the rumors, their own mobile payment service. This will be uh, unveiled at uh, Mobile World Congress this year. Um, and they're gonna be doing this, uh, they're developing this platform with uh, Visa and uh, their Galaxy 6 uh, phone later on this year. They, um, what are they talking about here? They've designed it to work alongside 90% of all the mag stripe payment terminals as well as NFC. Now, if you are following this industry at all, you understand that Apple only works with NFC, it doesn't work with the mag stripe. So maybe there's some advantage there. I mean, the, the challenge is that, that it, you've got to get the phones in people's hands in order to be able to do this. Now, Lance Whitney over at CNET reported in December that Samsung was working with LoopPay. Now, LoopPay is a company that we've covered many times on mm -hmm. mobile, uh, the, uh, mobile Commerce Minute with Chuck Martin because he's in Boston and they're in Boston. And basically what LoopPay is, it's a fob-like offering that uh, allows you to do MagStripe or uh, you know tap and pay. And it's a separate piece of hardware that they've done. It's a case or it's a fob. And Samsung would take LoopPay's uh, offering and embed it into their phone so that they can pay with NFC or MagStripe. Very interesting. We've always thought about LoopPay as a pretty innovative company, but when you have to spend money on an additional service to actually just pay with your phone, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So this is a very interesting play. I wonder what uh, how Samsung's gonna fare my guess is they're going to fare quite well because this world is wide open right now when it comes to mobile payments. It's, it's simplicity, it's ease of use. But the thing that we really do have to understand is that you just can't replace a payment mechanism because it's still very easy to pull out your wallet, pay with a credit card or pay with cash. And quite oftentimes it works much better and faster than these offerings. So we'll see what happens. But Samsung set to launch their own mobile payment service coming at Mobile World Congress in the spring. There you go. All right, our second story. Another big behemoth uh, software company that we actually don't hear a lot uh, from these days, uh, especially in the world of location, uh, is Adobe. Uh, Adobe uh, has launched a, a couple of things, a, a new platform called Adobe Target and Adobe Campaign, which are part of the overall Adobe Marketing Cloud Suite. And uh, they have some very interesting location uh, features and capabilities that are embedded in this. So basically, um, what they can do is, is when, when a, a user uh, of the uh, Adobe platform is on their smartphone or tablet, they basically are, are gathering location data or targeting data from IP address point of view. And we're, uh, one of the examples that they give in particular about this that I think is actually extremely powerful is uh, what they can do with email marketing in particular. So in other words, what, they, what, what they're saying is, is that you, know, um, you get an email and that, you know, the email can have a picture, say, uh, embedded of the city that the mobile uh, consumer is in, along with the current temperature and uh, you know, some nearest locations of, of you know, maybe where you can buy coffee from the brand that, uh, that's sending that email out. You know, so let's say it's a Starbucks email uh, that you've opted into. Uh, you get this email. It looks at the location of where you are, and then it can show you where the closest Starbucks locations are. It can show you the current temperature, uh, you know, and 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 a picture of that of that city or that kind of thing. And what's cool about this is is that uh, it's kind of like you remember the guys at Movable Inc. Uh, we talked about a while back. Um, so if you move, let's say. You know, I was in New York today, uh, and you know now I'm in I'm in LA or you know or where have you. And I open that email again. The content is all local, you know, uh, uh, relocalized, if you will, uh, to where you are. So now you'll see you know Starbucks locations you know near you in LA, and and the weather will change and all that kind of stuff. So this is really really interesting stuff to see that they're kind of pushing this in, in into the uh, into the email side of what uh, what they're doing with their cloud marketing suite. Uh, so that's part of, like I said, a, a platform called Adobe Target and Adobe Campaign. They also have Adobe Mobile Services, which is uh, their, their portfolio of, of solutions that tie into things like beacons and all the other stuff that uh, everybody else is doing today. So here you are, big, big behemoth uh, software company, Adobe, stepping up and, and moving into the world of location targeting. You know, it's it's funny because I read an article today about the uh, what they call the death of Flash, and I think we're really close to mm -hmm. that with with YouTube giving up on Flash and moving to HTML5. So it's good to see that you know obviously Adobe has changed direction and moved into something new like this. Um, you know, because a couple of their last initiatives haven't gone so well. 
Um, you know, when it comes to geolocation, here's an interesting thing. I got an email today from my hosting provider, WP Engine, which mm -hmm. I found out was incubated where? What was that? Austin, place? Austin, yeah. Texas. They were incubated in Austin, but what was the incubation place that we were in there? Capital Factory. Yeah, so they were incubated in the Capital Capital Factory, and I was like, oh my god, they they were here. I loved WP Engine. I, like I don't gain anything from saying that, but they just announced that they've got this new service for their their um their hosting packages that enable uh, geo specific uh, information, so you can customize based on where people are coming in from. So mm. I, I I love this kind of stuff where you can customize exactly what you want to say based on where you are. So you can talk about snowing in Canada and warmth in New Orleans. Anyway, exactly. Yeah, cool. There you go. WP Engine. All right, our third story. Hey, listen, um, you, you know, remember, I, I've talked about this guy, Pablo Escobar, quite a bit when we talk about, um, uh, you know, triangulation through cellular networks and GPS because they killed him. And he was a huge drug pin, uh, Pablo Escobar. Read the book, Killing Pablo. It's an amazing book. But, uh, you know, uh, now they're actually trying for the third time to put in a law called the Geolocation Privacy and Surveillance Act in order to be able to in order to be able to use your location you have to collect a warrant before collecting location from cell phones GPS trackers and the like as a result of this of putting this act in now this was tried twice this was tried in 2011 and 2013 but they were struck down maybe this is the time that it actually happens um, so here's what it is. It would, and I'm quoting here, it would make it necessary for police to get a warrant before using a third party, such as a phone company or Stingray, to obtain location information from an individual's cell phone. It would also make it illegal for technology companies to share their data without prior approval, which will have implication, I think, when we're talking about what Facebook is about to be doing. So this was put in place by uh, Senator Roy Wyden. Um, now, what he says is that buying a smartphone shouldn't be interpreted as giving the government a free pass to track your movements. All right. So it says GPS data can be a valuable tool for law enforcement, but our laws need to keep up with technology and set out exactly when and how the government can collect Americans' electronic location data. So it failed in 2011. It failed in 2013. But perhaps now is the time because people are a little bit more aware of what these devices can actually, what information these devices can give. So this is called the Geolocation, Geolocation Privacy and Surveillance Act in the U.S. We'll see what happens. All right. Okay. Our fourth story is about a, a very interesting project uh, coming out of Dubai uh, called Drones for Good Project. Uh, this is something that was announced uh, about, uh, well, I guess about a, you know, a year ago now, actually. Uh, we didn't talk about it back then, but uh, some of the results of this are starting to come forward now. So basically, the competition, uh, it, it was an open competition for companies from around the world to apply uh, to basically, you know, find positive, good use cases for drones. Uh, like porn. Uh, with a... Like, like porn, potentially. <laughs> um, and, and there was a, a big prize put up by uh, the, the UAE government uh, of a million dollars for the best innovative civilian application what? of drone technology. They received over 800 entries uh, for the competition, coming from 57 different countries. Uh, and I just want to highlight some of the things that, uh, that uh, people came up with. Uh, and by the way, uh, Spain, of all places, is where uh, 62 of the entries out of the 800 came from Spain alone. So uh, they, they led by far in terms of the uh, the number of applicants but some of the semi-finalists uh, so they're about about to get to the finalists they haven't announced yet they'll announce February 6th and 7th uh, in Dubai uh, the the final winner of this who will get the million dollars will be announced but some of the the things that came out of this are really interesting so uh, one of the projects is using drones to detect drowning people and tow them to safety uh, that came out of Poland wow. uh, using a drone to replant deforested areas in the UK I like solving big global scale problems. I think they're, they're some of the most interesting things that are out there that we just have not had a good way to attack. And so looking for a really good solution that can really help change our environment for the better has been something that I'm quite interested in and quite passionate about. Our company is called Biocarbon Engineering and we're going to plant one billion trees a year. So the only option that we've had previously has been hand planting, which is slow and really expensive and just can't keep up with industrial scale deforestation. And so we're hoping that our technology is going to provide opportunities to really scale up the reforestation and replanting rates.
I have been working for years now in studying global climate change, how to model the environment, and what I keep coming back to is, is that how do we reverse the damage that we've done from literally hundreds of years of anthropogenic development. I and my team have a really great chance to actually reverse that, change the trend. By planting at the scale that we're looking at, we will be able to affect global change. And that's why our motto has been and continues to be that we're going to change the world one billion trees at a time. The UAE-sponsored Drones for Good competition is an amazing opportunity. History has shown that competition prizes exactly like this and at this scale will drive commercial development of new technology. And so this is a great opportunity for the entire world. In, uh, uh, landmine detection uh, using drones uh, coming out of uh, out of Spain, uh, Coast Guard uh, rescue assistance, uh, mapping and tracking disaster zones. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. It's crazy cool um, that that people are coming up with. All very useful things. So th I think this is great. So um, kudos to the uh, you know the uh, the government of uh, the UAE for kind of putting this this competition out there and. and encouraging people to find great use cases for drones. So there you go. Drones for good. good. Winner to be announced February 6th, 7th uh, in Dubai. And no porn. No porn. Hmm. I don't know if I can condone that competition. Hmm. All right. Our uh, fifth story here is about uh, Maponics. Uh, we haven't talked about Ma Maponics in a long time. They launched uh, back in 2007 something called Neighborhood Boundaries. Um, which is a little bit of a description and background of that. It offers data for more than 159,000 neighborhoods in the United States and Canada, more than 20,000 neighborhoods in Europe, and more than 11,000 neighborhoods across South America, Asia, Pacific, Middle East, and Africa. They've launched something called a new product called uh, Communities. <laughs> That's yes. exactly what it is. That's the Communities, yeah. Communities. Um, and, and basically what this does is it gives a, a layered geographic view of, of consumers, characteristics, and interests on top of this stuff that they've created that they've collected from neighborhood boundaries. Not a lot of information is out there. They are pushing this out in February. There's going to be a lot more information about this coming through on February. That's all I could find. Consumers, characteristics, and interests that are layered on top of the neighborhood boundaries, and this is called community. So they're isolating, basically uh, slicing and dicing people by their characteristics and interests inside of their neighborhoods. That's all I got. Is that is that? I, I'm I'm sure you can find yeah, that, more information that, about no, it. That, yeah, check out. Go just go to mapbonics.com. Yeah, we love those guys. Go to blog. Their blog is where you find a lot of this information, and they're going to coming out. They say with a three or four part series on what this means and how to use it. That's it. Okay. Maponics. Excellent. Communities. There you go. All right. Our, our next story. This is a very interesting story. Very interesting use of beacon technology. So a company called Unicast, U-N-A-C-A-S-T. This is a company out of Norway, out of Oslo, Norway, has teamed up with uh, TCS, um, and uh, which is Total Communicator Solutions. Uh, and what they're doing is, is they've come up with a new way to think about ad retargeting, um, and uh, this is very, very interesting. I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm very excited about the potential of where this could go. And I don't know if you are, Rob, but uh, let me let me explain how it works. So normally, ad retargeting is, you know, we've all been on a website, you know, and. Uh, you know, we've been searching for cars, let's say, and then, you know, somehow, you know, they store information about what you're searching for. And then for the next like month, you know, as you're doing whatever else you're doing online, surprisingly, ads for cars keep popping up in different places. Um, you know, that is what we call the world of ad retargeting. Um, well, the, these guys from uh, from Norway, in partnership with TCS, have said, "Well, you know, w what if you already bought the car, or or, or what if you know, uh, you know, you're, you're not interested in it anymore, or or you know, you know, there's a lot of things that could mean that you know, seeing this ad is just kind of irrelevant at this point in time." So, what they've done is, is they're they're blending what you actually do in terms of physical movements in uh, in, in the store environment, you know, from Beacon point of view, and blending that with uh, what you're going to do uh, um, online, if you will. So they're blending the physical world with the online world and kind of looking at a new way to, to kind of present these ads. So the example that they give, and I'll just, I'll just you know, kind of walk through this example is, is you know, uh, so you're a shopper, you've got this app installed on your phone, uh, you walk into a store, the beacon is there in the normal beacon manner, the beacon kind of can communicate with that app, uh, push, you've opted in for this, it pushes messages to you. 
and these are displayed on your phone. Now that data is stored in the in the in the phone uh, device. So now uh, you walk over the shoe department and you, and you, you get a message about shoes. Okay, normal beacon interaction stuff. Now let's say a week later you're 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 at home, you're online, you're looking at YouTube, you're you know or whatever the case might be. And what they can do is is because they know you actually went to a shoe store and you were in the shoe department, they can then serve an ad online for the same shoes that you were looking at uh, or you may have been messaged about in the store. So I like this. I think this is a very, very interesting way to think about you know how we take what happens uh, offline and blend it with what happens online in a whole new way of ad retargeting. Beacons uh, plus the ad data you know, happening in both places. It's crazy because it's like there was a theme that came through in this episode because we are going to be deep dive talking about mm. this kind of stuff. Unbelievable. And if only they could tie it into your credit card. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. There you go. So that's Unicast and TCS teaming up to uh, to deliver that service. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. All right. I own a pair of, Mar- uh, of, of Merrells, don't you? Do you own a pair of Merrells? Yeah, I do, actually. I do. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just walking shoes, but I, I love them. They're great. And uh, this is a very unique story that they're doing, actually, in conjunction with the Sundance Film Festival for a launch of one of their new, more highly technical um, shoes called the Capra. It's a hiking boot called the Capra. And it's actually, did you know that the Capra is actually named after the goats in Italy, Italian goats? That's it. I'll have to ask Lorenzo about that. Well, they are. Yeah, exactly. Lorenzo, if you're listening, <laughs> is that right? The word yeah. Capra means goat in Italian, and that's what they're that's what they named this after. So it's a hiking boot. And so what they're doing is they're actually doing, and um, they're teaming up with Oculus, and they've done this with um, partner with Framestore, and uh, which is the organization that helped them actually bring this into the Oculus Rift. After putting the the, the goggles and helmet on guests feel they are transported to a trail high in the dolomites where a tour guide walks them along treacherous rock ledges and a wood suspension bridge between peaks and they use this with like a kind of a no risk way of enticing people to get more active and get outdoors and it's all in conjunction with the launch of what they're doing with the capra it sounds pretty amazing and not only that they partnered with the, with framestore they've partnered with the film festival they've partnered with uh the oculus rift they've also partnered with rolling stone magazine to kind of broadcast this out and and do a co-marketing uh deal with these guys this sounds absolutely amazing you're using all your senses i could only expect that a company that is so revered like Merrill would be doing something like this. This is pretty cool. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, or at least some company, people. Great combination of technology here. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I wish, I wish, you know, I had these Merrells now. Like, you know, just, just so I, you know, I can, I can go put on the Oculus and I want the Oculus Rift and feel it out. Now I got to go to Sundance just to try this out. Just I wasn't the, planning on it. But they year. say only seven hundred to a thousand people will will do this. It's called Trailscape. If you're interested, I'm pretty sure we're going to see some videos uh, of it online. But uh, this sounds absolutely cool. Great marketing campaign by Merrill. Because guess what? Not a lot of people have used the Oculus Rift, and this is a good opportunity to actually show that. Deep dive. Story number seven, Meryl rocks. And you've learned that Capra is Italian for goat. Excellent. Thank you, Rob. You're welcome. Uh, what is right. it for? What is a goat in Spanish? There, I haven't learned that yet. I can <laughs> right, tell you what joking. a horse is. I can tell you what a dog is and a cat. And yeah, I don't. I don't know what a goat is. Yeah, sorry, I can't help you with that. I'm going to test you next week. Find out what yeah. a goat is in, in Spanish. <laughs> I'll find out. I'll let you know. Um, yeah. Anyways, Carry on. <laughs> our eighth story uh, is about American Express, and most people, you know, you, you know, American Express is is all over the place, uh, and. You know, one of their biggest categories uh, that they operate in is small business. Uh, so they power a lot of small small business merchants uh, with the American Express uh, transaction platform. And so they teamed up with this uh, agency that they work with called Hush um, to create something called Small Shop, which is a gesture control uh, product discovery uh, feature. Uh, so the idea is, is how do we get... You know, how do we ultimately kind of socialize and let more people know about these great small businesses that are on the Amex platform? How do we drive traffic to them? Well, what if we could create sort of a in-the-box, you know, fully um, contained uh, platform that kind of could tour around to different places? Uh, it was it's gesture based. It has a screen. It interacts with the user's phone and print materials. It can print stuff out, um, you know, uh, and and it can move around obviously from site to site. And it allows basically consumers to kind of go up to this thing, 
um, based on their geography uh, and get a personalized geographic uh, specific um, you know, reference to you know small stores nearby if you will and help them through this through this interface see products that are available in those stores uh, get offers related to those products in those stores um, you know and uh, you know kind of and do this all in a sort of an experiential you know gesture controlled uh, framework so I like this this is kind of neat it's a it's a completely different way a radical way I think to kind of expose you know what's available in small businesses so think about this you know maybe they roll this into a big office tower complex one day and show them you know uh, small businesses nearby or restaurants nearby that people should be checking out you know um, that maybe you know you know I don't know I used to work in one of the big towers downtown here in Toronto I always went to the same place for lunch <laughs> you know the same the same two places you know uh, i never really explored you know uh, uh, you know all these little businesses around me mostly cuz i didn't know about them i had no way to really you know I, you know i wasn't going to go seek you know, seek it out and and find time to do that but if the thing was sitting there and people were like you know it's experiential and you can play with it i can, I, I can see the benefit to that so I like it. Uh, again, it's called um, small shops uh, created by American Express and Hush. It's like its own its own network, right? Because it's only going to showcase American Express yeah. companies, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to start to see that a lot. This these little silos going up based on the <clears> brand. But there you go. All right. Here here's the big story that we're going to be talking about. I think it ties into quite a bit of the things that we've already spoken about today, and also over the last couple of weeks around beacons and real life. You know, crossing over to digital. So maybe you've heard about this already is that Facebook right now is going to be using your phone's location and it already does whether you know it or not. If you've given permission to Facebook, it already uses your location to do a bunch of things like serve ads and certainly serve content or now they're getting into the content space. So it's going to use your phone's location services to surface more information about the places you visit. This thing is called Place Tips. Place Tips. And let me stress this again. If you haven't given Facebook permission to allow them to track your location, this will not work. You have to give up a little bit of your privacy in order for this to Introducing work. Introducing Place Tips on Facebook. You can see Place Tips at the top of your newsfeed when you're at places like coffee shops, restaurants, and other landmarks. Opening Place Tips is like exploring a new place through the eyes of your friends. You can see posts and photos from your friends and relive big moments as well as learn from your friends' experiences. To get the most out of your visit, check out updates and posts from the place itself. It's a snapshot of the best a place has to offer. You can turn place tips off in your settings, and viewing them won't post on Facebook or show people where you are. Place tips, unlocking the world around you. This is opt-in. I can't stress this enough. Facebook needs your permission to be able to do this, and it needs permission to access your location. They're going to be testing this in New York City, and they're going to be doing it over Wi-Fi and GPS and cell networks and beacons, baby. Beacons. They've installed beacons at eight shops in New York City, including the Strand Bookstore, the Burger Joint at La Parker Meridian Hotel and Dominique Ansel Bakery, among others. They're going to be doing this with beacons for smaller places. And you can actually use this in larger places like the Statue of Liberty and, uh, you know, all of the big locations that you would find in New York City. And they're doing that all by GPS. This is huge. So basically, you walk up, you get beaconed, you get information that is rel related to that location uh, that your friends have actually tagged before, photos that your friends have been before. This is called Place Tips. And this is that marriage of digital and physical Digital or digiphysical or whatever you want to call it. This is the beginning of this for Facebook. They're actually reaching out and touching you in a physical world and putting context around that. And this is one of our big stories. This is the big story that we're going to be talking about in uh, as soon as Asif finishes the 10th story. It's called Place Tips. There you go. All right. Our 10th story then uh, is, uh, is a partnership. A uh, very interesting one actually uh, between the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, so we, we all know who the Dallas Mavericks are, but if, you, if, you're, not, if you're not familiar with them, they they're, they're an NBA basketball oh, team uh, yeah. in the U.S. And uh, they've teamed up with a company called Tixie. That's T-I-X-S-S-E. Um, and uh, what they've done is, is they've created the very first. Uh, this this happens on Mavs.com, which is their their online site for the Dallas Mavericks. Mavs.com to create the uh, the very first uh, immersive ticket shopping experience. Uh, they call it. 
basically, you go to the website and you get a, uh, a virtual tour of the American Airlines Center, including all the restaurants, the seating sections, the suites, concession stands, the fan shops, everything. It's a full 360-degree panoramic virtual tour powered by Google Street View. And it utilizes the Google Business uh, View virtual tour ever shot, uh, and it's published to Google Maps. So they're tying all this kind of 3D, uh, 360 uh, image uh, visualization technology together to help you as a fan or a prospective ticket buyer to kind of see and explore and understand what's actually happening inside. So, you know, all the wonderful stuff we see with Google Street View outside, think about that inside of a, a, a big uh, building like uh, like the American Airlines Center where the Mavs play. Um, I think this is very interesting. I, I, I don't know how ultimately this affects, you know, actually driving, you know, many more ticket sales. Yeah. But but I think you know from a uh, we we you know we've talked over the last you know uh, I don't know maybe twenty thirty episodes ago we talked a lot uh, one one of the episodes we covered you know this uh, this idea of you know sort of changing the way online shopping works you know by creating rich immersive experiences that replicate what you can see in the physical store environment right mm -hmm. and I think to some extent we're seeing that here uh, with this partnership between the Dallas Mavericks and Tixie. So check it out, uh, Mavs.com, powered by T-I-X-S-E-E, -E, Tixie. You know, I, I find that it's much easier to sell season tickets for a team that's winning. Right? Yeah. That, yeah. That's it. Except for when yeah. you're the Leafs, because for some reason the Leafs sell out every year and they suck every year. I don't know, man. I don't know. All right, those are our top 10 stories of this past week. If yours isn't in there, of course, it's your damn fault. Reach out to me right here. I'm a human being. I respond eventually to emails, rob at untethered.tv. Asif, you are human, right? I am. Asif at the lbma.com. Reach out. Give us your stories. Please give us your stories. We need them. We'd love to support you guys in helping broadcast your message. Do so. Do so, please. And we could put those into the top 10 or at least bring them into the big story, which we're going to touch on in a moment. Because, as I said, we've got a great guest for you today. His name is Adarsh Palin. He's the co-founder of a company called Tripio. That's T-R-I-P-P-E-O dot com. And these guys basically do contextual and location-based expense, business expense uh, filing might sound boring, as I said, but it's so cool. And I'm going to prove it to you by what he's about to say. So here, without further ado, Adarsh Palian, the co-founder of Tripio.com. Also, a Canadian, because we are great. And then we started talking to, again, like through the iterative process, started talking to more and more customers and realized that, you know, they don't even need to be able to go to the web. Most business travelers use Google Calendar for making meetings and all the assistants or whoever would do Google Calendar, uh, assuming that you have Google Calendar set up in your organization, uh, which a lot of people do. And so we said, why don't we, why don't we see if we can, we can integrate with that calendar piece and not really have to do anything on, on Trippy at all. And so that's kind of the, and so the idea evolved from, you know, adding expenses to just full-on automation. Our goal is to be 100% auto, 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 automation, right? And so when I mean automation is that um, we do flight automation, we do, uh, we do expense automation. Uh, the expense automation is, is straightforward. You come to Trippy.com, you connect your business credit card or your debit card. We handle 2,000 cards all over the world, 2,000 banks. Uh, once you do that, it's a very straightforward step. Once you do that, um, as soon as you swipe your card at any any vendor, those transactions will automatically show up uh, show up in Tripio. So you don't actually have to take photos or receipts; it all show up. Uh, but what what uh, but that could get crazy. I mean, some people may have a lot of transactions. So what we do now is with Google Calendar. If you and I are going for coffee and or dinner, uh, I can create an event in Google Calendar, and Tripio will only now select or only now look for transactions that occur during that time period we are out for a meeting. So, yeah, so if you go for a three-hour dinner uh, and we spend at the end of the dinner, um, you know, it will detect, okay, this Amex transaction came through at the end of it. That is one expense. So we replicate a Google Calendar view inside our dashboard and it will show you in a view, you spend $300 for this dinner, $10 for that coffee or lunch. <clears throat> and then we took it one step further and said, if you can do that with expenses, why can't we do that with travel? And so with travel, what we do is when you create, again, open Google Calendar, uh, all you have to really do is in the in the destination, like in the place where the meeting is going to be, 
we give you the option to put in an airport code. You can put in LAX as a full JFK. Uh, we know where your hometown is because that's the setting that you would put in the dashboard. Once you do that one time, um, you know, like for example, if you're going to Austin, I just create, I open up March 13th, March 17th, pay, put AUS in there. Now, all transactions that happen in Austin on my credit card shows up. Uh, it, Tripio now emailed me a bunch of flight results for that for that dates. So I get an email as soon as I do that, about half an hour later, I get an email saying, here are the top five flight from Vancouver to Austin for those dates. And so when you hit book, you just take it straight to the Canada website or whichever website it is. Uh, you can choose to have, choose how often you want to get those emails. You can get it once a week, once a day. Uh, you can keep, there's certain factors you can put in. You can only show direct flights. You can only show Canadian Airlines or American Airlines. Uh, so lots of factors. You do the setting in the dashboard and then we do the rest for you. And it's a one-time thing. I mean, you can spend like five minutes doing all that in the dashboard and for the rest of the year, not worry about dealing with expenses because everything <laughs> at the end of the trip we send an email saying by the way welcome back from austin here's all your expenses here's all your flights and hotel details like all the how much it costs and all you have to do is expenses so when you click on expenses it creates a report for you and you just submit it to your accountant or cfo or you know whoever to get reimbursed and you're done uh you don't why, have why isn't you, this why why doesn't this why hadn't this existed already Exactly, exactly, right? I mean, they don't want to make it because the accountants, the, the old school CFOs say, this is way too easy. Why are we making it so easy to pay pay my employees back, right? But on the, on the flip side, it, it solves all kinds of economic problems. I mean, in spite of them saying it, people will still reimburse six months later, and then it screws up the entire, you know, accounting because this is, I'm now reimbursing somebody from an account expense that happened in, like, last October, right? And so... It kind of helps both employees and the employers, I think, to some extent, and that's kind of the goal. You're using everything at your disposal, right? So you're using proximity yeah. and location. You're using um, context, which is the calendaring piece. And I always think that I, I you know, sat with Raj Singh, who is uh, the uh, founder of the Tempo, and yeah. uh, and asked him that question. And, and you know, by the end of the conversation with him, I looked at it and said, the calendar is the operating system, right? And yeah. and it, it is exactly the encasement with which you you operate as well, which is yeah. the calendar. Yeah. One of the greatest things I, I absolutely love was this whole feature that you, you talked about very quickly, which was I put in my trips in my calendar mm -hmm. that are coming up. So yeah. I might be going to Banff, I might be going to Austin, I might be going to Toronto, I might be going to Vancouver, wherever it might be, and, yeah. or San Francisco, and I put them in there, and then it goes out and Up finds the flights. Yeah, it comes to you. Yeah, exactly. And you can, you know, if it's too much for you, you can just change the settings and, you know, do whatever you want. But it comes to you. That's the whole idea. And then, as and and keeping track of expenses while you're there that's that's an important piece it too is. because it you is. don't want to be dealing with receipts and taking photos and all of that it you just you just have to know in back of mind the Tripio is doing all that for you so you don't really have to worry about it you just continue with your life so these are yeah. intelligent agents that you've created that are doing all of these things for you exactly you put some intelligence in the travel i told you i told you it's pretty damn cool what he's doing agents and things and location and stuff that's beyond my understanding but Adarsh, uh, he, as I said, he, uh, he exited with Geotoko into Hootsuite, a massive amount of experience that he learned there. You can watch that entire episode right now, this moment on untether.tv. Just go there, untether.tv. You'll see it as soon as you land there, untether.tv. It's Adarsh, Adarsh Pallian from uh, tripio.com. Thanks, Adarsh, for allowing us to use that and coming onto untether.tv and sharing your knowledge, expertise, and good luck with that company, man. I can't wait to follow up with him and see how he's doing. So that's uh, Adarsh Pallian from Tripio.com. All right, Asif, uh, listen, we've got to jump into our big story, which is this, you know, we, I think we've covered this a couple of times around the transition or the ability to move from digital to physical and uh, provide enough value. And the story that we're going to be focusing on here is that what Facebook is doing, uh, because what mm -hmm. Facebook's doing with their place tips We've always anticipated that this would happen. Um, and, you know, they released their numbers. They're doing insane amounts of uh, revenue when it comes to uh, mobile ads right now. They own mobile ads next to Google. It's Google and Facebook and then everybody else. They realize that there's a cap on the market size. They have to get outside and open up new revenue opportunities based on your location. And guess what? I think that this is exactly what they're doing. The ability to know where you are, 
who you are, who your friends are, and what your friends have done, and then put a message in front of you that will move your needle either into a store, into a restaurant, into a purchase, or just reinforce the fact that you're standing there, I think is going to be monumental. It's going to be huge with Facebook. And we've seen that in a couple of stories here where, we, mm-hmm. where it just always comes back to this ability to create value uh, to follow you, basically take your digital value and your digital footprint and put it into the physical world and then add your physical uh, stature, whatever you've done in the physical world and walk you back into the digital world and have that full you know, 360 degree view, whatever you want to call it, the digital cookie, that whole piece, the physical cookie is exactly what we're talking about here. And I think that this is, this is fascinating. I don't know if Facebook can do it, but with 1.3 billion people, they certainly have the might to do it. And this is what I think is a brand new revenue stream for those guys. And th- they, are, they have the potential, obviously, to be able to do this across multiple brands and own that relationship. I can't believe that this is going to happen where they're going to be that layer on, on top of everybody else's brand. This is, this is a bold, strong move by Facebook. Yes, it is. Uh, long overdue. And when you take this and you team it up with what they're done with their Atlas platform, uh, you know, it, it, it's basically putting Facebook, you know, right back into the center of, you know, where, you know, consumers and brands are going to intersect around location. Um, and one of the things that, you know, I, I don't think we've talked about yet is, you know, with this Place Tips feature, it actually, what it for me, one thing that that I see with this is this sort of the reemergence of the, uh, you know, the merchant page, you know, in Facebook, the yes. brand's corporate page in Facebook. You know, there was a big movement around this, you know, five years ago. We haven't seen a lot around that where brands actually go in and kind of set up their own sort of, you know, brand, you know, company page in there. Uh, some brands still have this, obviously, uh, and they invest heavily in growing their kind of followers on there. But there's been very little linking between, hey, the five million people who like me on Facebook and where we're physically in the real world, those five million people are right now and how we tie them together. And I think that's, you know, we're going to see that now with this kind of place tips feature um, and the Atlas uh, platform and how all that's going to come together. So I, I think this is a strong bull move, you know, to the TCS unicast thing I talked about earlier. You know, same kind of thing, you know, physical world, you know, from beacons in that context uh, tied to offline, you know, ad targeting. Facebook knows all about ad targeting. Uh, you know, we've all seen it on Facebook itself where you're going in and you're doing whatever you're doing on Facebook and the ads that are popping up are all stuff that miraculously were things that you were, you know, uh, looking at or interested in. Um, so uh, it's just now that we can actually tie that to the physical world, um, you know, I, I think that's it's going to become even more relevant to us because you can know that this guy actually went and looked for a car, uh, you know, at a dealership. Uh, and then now is is online and and you know is probably still looking for a car. So um, I like it. I think it's a very very cool uh, strong platform. So you know one of, one of the things that that we're going to start to see with this obviously is that the you know not only blending of location and and digital or physical and digital but uh, but marketing and content right. This is it's going to be so important to make sure that there's a there's a um, well, that there will be less and less distinction between the two. Content becomes the marketing vehicle. Uh, but th- the other side of this is that uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I always, I always, I, I caution people when, when we, people go into these things hoping that things are going to um, change their business overnight. And we saw this with Facebook is that they do this quite well. They open it up and this platform becomes the ubiquitous platform. And then what we've seen over the last two years is them, you know, closing it down. And every time they close it down, it becomes a pay gate, right? So, you, you know, if you've ever used a Facebook page for your business, I mean, I strongly, I strongly say, like, get off, go and set up your own website, drive, don't drive people to your damn Facebook page, drive them to a brand page that you can get an email address and you own the customer experience as opposed to Facebook. Because what used to bring in a lot of people and a lot of likes and a lot of engagement now costs you more and more and more and more and more money. And you can start to see this. And this is where I caution this is that, you know, you start to rely on Facebook and your brand page on Facebook and they start doing this whole location and physical piece. And then you become reliant on it for your business. And then what is going to happen in two years or three years is it might go away because, you know, companies are prone to do that. They test these things out and let them go. Or if it's successful, Facebook says, okay, now 
in order to do this in your own business, in your place of business, we're going to charge you X number of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this. And that is the fear for me is that they're not open. They are for commercial business, which I absolutely love. And I would give anything to have that kind of dominance. Yeah. But if your business relies on Facebook and this service in two years, you're kind of screwed. You're going to be paying them a lot of money just to, to maintain it. So it's like yeah. mainlining right crap. I mean, obviously, they're saying right now, as Facebook does, yeah. thing, it, it's free for businesses right now. Yeah, of course. But don't, I mean, I mean, don't get hooked on this, right? Please. Alone, right? I mean, because, or at least be prepared to pay for it. Lots uh, of money. And and know that this is going to be a big part of your budget because this is huge. This this is a major major move that links consumers uh, to brands and merchants, um, you know, and 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 being able to track, you know, across the physical world and the digital world and linking those. It, it's it's. Uh, it opens up a merchant yeah. place for them because if if for example you have uh, an affinity to the brand, you can actually then basically you can walk into a coffee shop and pre-order on your way because you know it just opens up the world when you give that channel to Facebook, into these locations, and you add the contextual layer on top of it, and then you add physical place to this, all of a sudden, it gives them the ability to do things that many companies can't do, and you'll be paying for that at a premium. My goodness, at a premium. So just that's my word of caution. I'm fascinated to how this is going to roll out, if Facebook commits to this or not. But, you know, what people are now thinking about is that, oh, I have to get my corporate page in line, and that's what we're still mm. going to start to see. And Facebook's just going to fishing it's just like fishing man it's just like fishing and then you're going to get screwed in the end if this is what you rely on and this is the other thing that asif and i have gone back to many times is that don't rely on any other service except for your own to drive your own revenue as it's been said so eloquently before don't be someone's bitch don't be someone's bitch except for you know especially be your Facebook. own bitch be your own bitch there you go so, so well, i don't know what you say about that but we'd love to hear your feedback yeah. on that and anybody who's going to be trying this i'd love to know if you live in new york city if you're a business i'd love to know your thoughts on this reach out to us you know how to do this at this point i'm not going to keep repeating our email address uh, but please reach out to us and let us know and that's the big story it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out we'll keep covering it of course we will asif uh no resource for the week um but you have a shout out uh, somebody i have a quick shout out you know like we we keep saying you know if if people are out there and they love what we're doing and, and they're following it uh let us know uh nice. and we'll you know we'll uh, we'll share that so i heard this week from a guy named rob mclean uh rob mclean is uh he writes i'm a big fan of your podcast with rob woodbridge uh, i run a full service digital agency in johannesburg south africa Sweet. people uh, so, uh, Rob, uh, looking forward, I'm going to, I'm going to be chatting with Rob, uh, in this coming week. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we appreciate this. Rob and I, uh, you know, we love that. Um, one of my best friends, uh, you know, that I worked with one of my, uh, in my, my very first job was, uh, sat in the desk next to me with South African. So got a bit of a, a sweet spot for, uh, for that. Looking forward to uh, chatting. So thank you, Rob, Rob, from, from Rob and I, uh, thank you, Mr. McLean. And I, th I think it's uh, something like Dankies uh, or Danky uh, is how you say thank you in, in Afrikaans. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll go with that. Danky. Well, you know what? I, I, I got to say, you know where I was born? I was born in Nairobi, of all places. Nairobi, Kenya. It's not South Africa, but it's, it's yeah. closer than Ottawa. It's probably warmer as well. Thanks, yeah. Rob. Thanks for tuning in, man. Thank you. See? If you guys you just reach out to us, send. Uh, apparently, Asif gets all the emails, so send. You might as well just continue sending them the email. Say thank you to to Asif and uh, and then throw me in as a byline. I really appreciate that. That's great. Uh, you know, my email address. I always say it first. Rob at untether.tv is not hard to remember. You know, Rob is three letters. R O B. Untether.tv is really easy to remember. But it's okay. Just keep sending them to Asif. That's fine. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. fine. I'm okay with that. Whatever. Hey, keep them coming, people. Keep Whatever. them coming. Whatever makes all you right, happy. There you go. All right, Asif, uh, All right. we are going to be, uh, it's going to be Stockholm Syndrome next week for episode number 220. We're going to coordinate that, uh, but we will be back. We'll never miss a week. We promise that. And then uh, I'm uh, hopefully going to connect and do some interviews with you in uh, at South by Southwest in March as well. But we'll just keep these rolling. That's probably going to be episode 223, probably South by Southwest around that time, around 224. Yeah. But please, if you got any feedback, reach out to us. You know how to do it. Send the, all the positive stuff, I guess, to Asif and all the negative stuff to me. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, we'll be back for episode number 220. Thank you all for tuning in. Asif, man, safe travels. You're crossing that ocean sure. again. Okay? Uh, and we will connect for 220 when you are in Stockholm. Enjoy your week. All right. Cheers. See you later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. I sound drunk. Thanks for tuning in. See you.